pushing buttons part of the geek freaks network we talk all about video games here and we are excited because god of war as of this episode coming out is out now we haven't gotten a chance to play it but we're stoked to talk about it and things that are like it my name is kevin and i'm kyle and i'm frank and we are gonna start off by talking about god of war ragnarok a little bit um why don't since i just talked about a little bit on the geek freaks episode that just came out kyle why don't you start um talking about the mythology behind the god of war either ragnarok or the whole franchise uh however you deem necessary okay so god of war ragnarok is the continuation of the 2018 god of war reboot and it covers more than usual uh norse mythology rather than greek mythology because kratos the previous god of war has teleported to the Norse realm. And we're not really sure how that happened still from what I recall from playing the first game, but you know, now we're going to be fighting big baddies of Norse mythology. So we got hints of it at the end of the first game that we're going to fight Thor. And now he's going to be, you know, primed and ready to take on Kratos, which is really cool. I'm really looking forward to fighting Thor and maybe even Odin. Who knows? So did you guys like appreciate the difference between the Greek mythology and the Norse mythology in God of War? Like specifically, I know the 2018 game was a heck of a lot better, more in depth of a video game, but the mythology itself, did you guys appreciate the Norse mythology the same, less or more than the Greek mythology from the prior God of War games? Absolutely. The fact that, you know, you walked around with this head attached to you that's just telling stories of viking mythology i would just continue to sit there and wait to start the next part because it would shut the guy up and i didn't want to do that i wanted to hear more stories from this era and i grew up really loving uh greek mythology knew it pretty well and so seeing the parallels in viking mythology which we all know thor we know odin and loki that's basically it but hearing about all the other ones was really cool and some of the other games i play actually use a lot of um viking mythology and they melded into there so it was cool to hear like oh there's a parallel to this character that i like in that other game so it was, it was really neat yeah one of the things uh i enjoyed most about the reboot is how the inner dynamics of each of the gods is better represented in this version of god of war rather than the previous trilogy because you didn't really get to see the interaction between the individual gods in god of war one through three you know you fight them but you don't see them actually acting as a family whereas in 2018 and soon to be Ragnarok you do get that interaction you see what happens between Baldor and Freya like their mother-son relationship and how that affected them and what motivates them in the game and I'm really you know with Thor and Odin now coming into the picture I think it's going to be really interesting to see that inner dynamic between them yeah i think that the the classic god of war franchise kind of went maybe not off the rails but it went a little heavy into it which i think it was a good thing but when they started veering away from Ares and zeus and more toward <laughs> uh the titans and like they kept having bigger and bigger stakes more and more stakes in the game it got to a point it's like well what else can they do in that setting besides you know go to a totally different setting, which I think was a very yeah. good move. There's only two beings um, I, bigger than the Titans in that world, but it's funny that it has a built-in kind of expansion level <laughs> in Greek mythology. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, exactly. And I, I know that there's still so much more potential for that in God of War in the, the Norse realm, um, just because they've barely scratched the surface in the first game. And I know by talking to Frank yesterday, we were uh, on Geek Freaks, we were saying that the... Uh, that this one's going to be the last one set in this world, this realm, this er area of Norse mythology, and that going forward is going to be in a new setting. I wonder how big they're going to go in Ragnarok by the end of it. I'm so excited for it. Yeah, the, just the buildup alone to this game is like it's it's insurmountable. Like the amount of hype we all have for the game because it was our game of the year for pushing buttons in 2018. Yep, and absolutely. Right, like deservedly so. It was a fantastic, well rep well presented game. And the gameplay was incredible for the time, including with like the loot mechanics or RPG system of it. Like it was really fun to play, as well as to behold all the great sights and spectacle of it. What would you say is your favorite type of mythology? Like, is there a specific one that draws you the most? Oh, that's really difficult. That's a good question, that though. Is. I really enjoy that question. Um 
I, I think it's, ba- it's based on the application. Like, I really like Norse mythology because of the Thor movies uh, in the MCU and because of uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey or Valhalla, excuse me, Assassin's Creed Valhalla and uh, the new God of War games. But I also really like Egyptian mythology because of Stargate SG-1, which I was probably going to bring up at some point talking about mythology uh, during this episode. I love Stargate SG-1 and learned a lot about they started off with the Egyptian stuff and went way further, way far away from that by the end of it. But it's yeah, it's really dependent on the application, like what I'm watching or playing. I don't think there's one specific one for me. I think myself, I, I enjoy on the first level the most Greek mythology. But then I think I find myself, we go like Moon Knight or whatever, when we start to explore mythologies I didn't know, I'm hooked. So I'm like, oh, I want to know what you guys use to address famine. You know, what was your afterlife looking like and how did that change? Because you see, not only do they have mythology shaped by their society, but then their society is shaped by their mythology. And it's just fascinating to see how those two work together. And um, yeah, it's... But I mean, on the surface, the Greek mythology is so set up for like a Marvel movie. Uh, that it's it's hard to ignore that you have your built-in heroes, your easy you know leader like Odin-like character was Zeus, and then he has an evil bastard dad, and it's like oh yeah, it's all perfect for that. So it's really just a good story to tell. Yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna bring up Thor, Love and Thunder, but uh, that depiction of Zeus was interesting. <laughs> I loved it, honestly. I, I did too. That was probably a that's actually more accurate version of Zeus than Disney did for sure. <laughs> yeah. For myself, anyway, uh, you know, I really enjoy Japanese folklore, so I really enjoy things like yokai and oni and that sort of stuff. And, you know, Greek and Norse, I would say, is the most popular of the mythologies because we have so much that we incorporate from those into every source of entertainment. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, Egyptian is also an excellent one. I love Stargate 2 for that reason. And, you know, moving on from that... You don't really see too much else. Like, there's not a lot of representation, I would say, between all the different cultures and their legends. And, you know, there's a lot of different Eastern European mythologies I would like to learn more about that I don't know of in particular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, when you get to explore new ones, I, I want to make sure that we don't besperch any of these religions or these mythologies because for many, they are religions. But there is a level of, when I like said the Marvel thing, but there's a level of that where it's like, what's your abilities too? I think that's just kind of why they've always been neat to learn about in a way. And so, uh, you know, trying to skate that fine line between what's a fantastical story and what's somebody's belief system is very interesting too. That's kind of a, that's a different level than just, you know, hearing about a fairy tale or something like that. What games do we enjoy the most with mythology featured in them? Uh, myself, I really enjoyed the Witcher series because it incorporates a lot of those elements from uh, Polish folklore. Okay. And, you know, you see a lot of these creatures that you encounter as Geralt in the wild, and you don't have that, you know, in real life. So I always <laughs> find it really fun to explore the vast uh, landscape of Rivia and, you know, really just go through and, you know, see how I would address these situations. I did not know that about the is, Polish thing. Hmm. When you're talking about the creatures and stuff that you come across in that game, is it more like the the designs of them or like the story background to them kind of combination? What specifically do you enjoy? Yeah, so for Witcher 3, there is a story behind what these creatures, you know, what they uh, attach to. And mainly that's to the human characters. Like one of my favorite side quests in the game was dealing with the three witches of Brigmore if that's the correct uh, term. It's been a while since I played Witcher 3. But, uh, you know, I was really enjoying that aspect of learning about how they're controlling everything from their coven from the middle of the first area in the game. And also, uh, there's another side quest as well. I, th- I can't remember the name of the creature now. It's like, it starts with the B. Uh, Borlock? I, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I was but it was about really fascinating to learn, learn names <laughs> <laughs> like I said it, I played Witcher 3 in 2015 I haven't touched it since but at the time I was really engrossed in the story and learning more about the local legends why people posted these wanted ads to kill these creatures mm-hmm. and uh, you know the other quest was doing specifically with the Vikings in Skellige 
and the creatures that you would fight there. And that was really fun to kind of just diversify my gameplay by going in there and culling all these creatures from terrorizing the local clans of Vikings. Culling is such a nice term for mass murder. It's just such a good one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm going to go with Hellblade. I like, I love how that game kind of mixes the lines between living and death and in, in that religion and how, how close you are to those who've already died. Uh, they're, they're interacting with your personal life, with your day-to-day life. And everything you're doing is also like almost in tandem with those who have died around you. Uh, it was a really interesting way. Like the whispers, everything led into that, her pursuit for her loved one. And it was just, it was creepy. And it almost added this almost like Viking witchcraft, which I didn't know existed, but you know, later on was used in other games too. We're trying to not say World of Warcraft guys, but they use a little bit of all these. So just throw that out there. I'm sorry. I had to drop the name. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I really enjoyed that game because I did not know any of that for the Viking lore, just the Thor stuff. So hearing about like, oh, what is this now? You know, and just getting these whispers and like following into that, you almost feel like somebody alone out there uh, who might only have their faith to to rely on, a faith that, you know, delves into death and, and witchery. Very interesting. Yeah. One of my favorite applications of mythology in a video game is it's not even based on a certain mythology and the game doesn't delve too deeply into any of them, but it kind of mixes and mashes a bunch of different stuff together. Uh, and that's actually Spelunky that does oh, wow. that. Um, there are altars to Kali, who is the the Hindu god of uh, destruction and death, I believe. I, I could be wrong. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, there's also Olmec, who is, you know, ancient since that Aztec or Mayan. I cannot remember which background Olmec was from, but it, it just it takes bits and pieces. There's also the Necronomicon, the Book of the Dead. Um, there's, you know, the actual hell. So there's different belief systems all built into one world. And I love that amalgamation of just everybody's like not everybody's but a bunch of different belief systems all coming into one unified thing and i I, another thing that actually did that pretty well it was a tv show and i i know pushing buttons but (laughs) supernatural had a an interesting episode it was during the whole uh the end of the world season and stuff so it was like the judeo-christian uh apocalypse but they had a summit with a bunch of other gods from a bunch of other religions that were all trying to talk about how uh, demons and angels were causing destruction for no reason and how they were going to try to stop them from doing it because they're destroying their world, too. And it's just it's fun seeing the different uh, different cultures come together. To Yeah, I, I love the amalgam of all of it. Well, all right. If you're going to bring up a TV show, we got to talk about South Park. I think you nailed it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> They're super friends, guys. Uh, was It really did kind of show like the highlight of each of their cultures. I know it's South Park, but honestly, if you watch them, you're like, <laughs> okay, I get it. You know? And I think they took out I think they took out a giant Wilkes Booth with a giant Lincoln. No, they took out a giant Lincoln with a giant Wilkes Booth. That's how you do it. And so, classic South Park. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. All right. Back to games. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Spelunky, it, it, all the stuff there was kind of a kind of just background kind of filler for you to look at. Yeah. And for it to kind of make it make sense within the game. It didn't really the core of Spelunky is the, the mechanics, not so much the setting, but it added that little level of extra f- like depth to the to what you're doing and made it a little bit more interesting and appealing to me. Do you find games that kind of combine mythology with history to be? more like appealing or just yeah, straight up mythology. Just, I, I think that history and mythology are so intertwined because it's basically the history of a religion or the history of a culture. Um, and their the basis of a history's belief system. If that makes any sense, the way I phrase that, like, I, I think they're just so intertwined that it's, it's hard to do one without the other. I do know what you're talking about because obviously the stuff that happens in God of war isn't, necessarily something that's based out of a history book <laughs> it's, it's it's fiction but it has that mythology background to it i've got a as long as they make it their own i've got a really good example of both of those check this out so civilization puts the history side first and adds the mythology with like the bonuses you can get and stuff like that but age of empire or age of mythology did it the other way where 
you're building to, you know, make Zeus's lightning strong or whatever. You're you're like trying to get your God's abilities to help out your people. So both of them use history to kind of create these builders and attack mode. But one leans on the mythology side of it. And the other one is using the mythology to empower your people instead of you empowering your mythology. Um, and both are really great. Of course, civilization still alive today. Mythology, age of mythology, for some reason, has not come out with a new game in a long time. I'll buy it though. Yeah, for me, I really enjoy games that do that because you kind of get a little bit of both mm -hmm. and you kind of learn alongside, you know, the game while you're playing it. Like, uh, I really enjoyed the Neo games. I haven't played the sequel, but I enjoyed Neo 1 a lot because it takes that Warring States period of Japan with Nobunaga, but also adds mythology to it. So you fight yokai. And it really made for an interesting dynamic of the game because you have a really, uh, well, I don't want to bring this up, but the protagonist, you know, he's kind of an outsider. You know, he's not Japanese. Mm -hmm. So, you, you know, for a player such as myself, it's easier to kind of slot myself in and kind of enjoy the ride. Yeah. And I know Neo 2 doesn't do that. So that's. Uh, I'm not sure if it will have the same effect or the same impact as for me, but I still need to play it. So I haven't got a real solid opinion yet. But. Uh, you know, Sekiro also does this. Mm -hmm. It kind of takes like a similar stance in regards to history, but also incorporate yokai into it. And it really makes for some memorable boss fights and enemy encounters. Does Ghost of Tsushima do that at all? Because I know it's like, it's kind of the backdrop in the background. You can... I haven't played that. Okay. I, I hear Ghost I didn't know you were I, such a fan That still blows of... my mind. Yeah. That's amazing that, uh, that you have, I, that I didn't know you were such a fan of Japanese mythology. Now I want to pick your brain about it. That's very interesting. Okay. Yeah, I'm saving that for a rainy day. <laughs> that <laughs> so game, <to> yeah. <laughs> it's such a good one, though. Oh, man. I, I never finished it, but so I, I'm not one to talk, but uh, it, it blows my mind that you haven't played it just because it seems like it's exactly your style of game. I know. I need to get around to it. Stream it you know, like you play it. With Assassin's Creed, you know, they have similar elements where they take history and, you know, the DLC in particular, they incorporate the mythology into it. Like, I haven't played Odyssey or Valhalla, but I know in Origins, you kind of have that DLC that focuses on the Egyptian gods. And it made for a really uh, supernatural, fun uh, experience. Like, it, you know, you learn more about what uh, influences the characters in the game. And the Egyptian gods in particular, they rule with such divinity and strength. Like, it really does kind of bleed out into how a lot of elements in that civilization develop as a society, you know, culturally. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, since I didn't bring up Assassin's Creed, I'm now able to talk about it at will. Um, <laughs> that, that's the rule I'm laying down yeah, for myself. Like rule on a card <laughs> cough, cough, a World of Warcraft. Game. There we go. <laughs> so I, I love that about Assassin's Creed because it does take bits of history and incorporates their own fiction into it. But with the the last three, the most recent three specifically, have had a lot of uh, mythology in the background of it being Egyptian, Greek, and now uh, Norse mythology. And they each do them in a very similar way. Um, I haven't played through much of Odyssey, but I did beat Origins. I played through a ton of Valhalla. Um, I don't know why Odyssey didn't catch on for me. I didn't like that. And maybe I'm just tired of the Greek mythology setting stuff. It's the um, RPG system, I think. I, I don't the, know. I still really enjoy Valhalla. RPG system. Oh, okay. Valhalla had that too. But um, I, I love the way that Valhalla incorporated the uh, the mythology side of it because they're trying to be more true to history while still being able to tell their story. Um, they made it so you're basically tripping on shrooms anytime that any that you're like talking to Odin or any of that kind of stuff. They all the DLC and all the like side quests that have anything to do with like mythological beasts or gods. Um, they're ever present in the background, like they get brought up, but they're not like true to the game. It's not canon. You're always like under the influence of something <laughs> for it to make it living or real Park in the game. The and I love that. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Far Cry was really good at that. Ubisoft has a a specific way of talking about religion and history that I actually kind of appreciate their their form of storytelling in that sense. I mean, is it really that weird that these types of experiences are deemed like tripped out or 
Well, no, you know, I mean, for a like vision or a time <laughs> for the time. Yeah, because it was after <laughs> Odin's death and everything like it takes Valhalla takes place, you know, long after the gods walked the earth or whatever that is. So it's to make it so it even fits the setting of the game. They have to be tripping balls in order to be able to talk to them. I, I mean, I played the Origins DLC and I just remember Bayek fighting Anubis one on one. And I was like, <laughs> how is he perceiving this? Like, is he just <laughs> treating it like a crazy daydream or something? Or in but their that makes world, sense it could the more be real. It's gone. That's the thing, too, yeah. is, is um, I, I wonder. So this is kind of a question I want to post to you guys. Uh, do you think the Ezio storyline went too far, maybe offensively? With its, with its take on religion, with its take on mythology, which, again, is religion to some people. With in regards to what? The way the way it finished in Revelations, where um, it said that the Greeks were actually um, a people that existed. Bef- the Greek gods were actually a people that existed oh, before humanity. They were just technologically advanced. Right. We're setting up kind of the how to, you know, how to defend themselves from against the solar flare um, and negated. Greek mythology completely and just said like, no, these are actually just like scientists that we're trying to tell you guys, Hey, watch out. These, these certain, you know, things you've been exploring are actually the things you need to turn on to fight off a solar flare. So it, it negated the mytholo- mythology part completely with just that bit at the end. Um, and then it, they reset the franchise. It's easy for me to say that that's not offensive because it doesn't offend me. Right. I, I, I th- th- it's hard for me to answer for other people because everybody has a different sense of, uh, th- their own religion, their own truth to who they are. So I can only answer for myself. It's, I, I don't view it as offensive because with any, this is going to get a little deep, but with any religion or any uh, like truly historical thing that has happened, all we know is how the stories are told now. Mm-hmm. Like everything gets funneled through the lens of people trying to retell stories throughout time. So it it's not saying that the stuff that they believe didn't happen necessarily, but that the interpretation of it now is different than it actually happened. And that's how Stargate. I I keep bringing up Stargate in this episode because it's so true to it. That's exactly what happened in Stargate. Like the (laughs) entire premise of Atlantis is that Atlantis was in a different galaxy, but it was people from Atlantis that built the Stargates here in this galaxy and interacted with the gods of different cultures in like in our mythology in different parts of the, uh, on different parts of earth, man, I'm having a hard time talking about this, getting all my thoughts out in one <laughs> coherent uh, paragraph, <laughs> essentially. Funnel, but, <laughs> yeah, seriously. But um, as corny as it is, every time you open up an Assassin's Creed game at the very beginning, it gives you that disclaimer that they're, yeah. that the developers of the game have different yep. uh, religious uh, beliefs and, yeah, different walks of life, but that doesn't quite negate the potential for uh, belittling a religion to the extent that you're asking. Um, I, I don't think that they were being offensive, though. I think that you can still tell a story while not saying that something is or isn't true. Well, yeah, as a, as a player at the time, I didn't find it offensive either. And matter of fact, going into the second, uh, so Assassin's Creed 3 and Assassin's Creed 4, Anytime we went to a certain temple, I was super stoked because I knew what that meant. More so than the character I was playing. I knew, oh, I'm activating one of the pillars I need to activate to stop the solar flare thing that's going to happen. That the, like, I think her name was Athena. The Athena AI or whatever that's slowly trying to beat me to this and take over the world's, you know, blah, 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 blah. Juno. That's it. That's right, Juno. Yeah. Yeah. So I I, I liked that I knew something that the player didn't know or the character didn't know and we were trying to figure this out together. Um, But looking back, I wonder if there was anybody that was like, wait a minute. It's hard because I think generally that that mythology is kind of settled into mythology now. I don't think there's anybody actually praying to Zeus, but there could be. Right. We just don't know. Yeah. In regards to, you know, whether that offended me or not, I agree with Kevin. It's very much a personal thing. Mm-hmm. You can't speak for everybody. But I would say that was kind of the main draw for me wanting to learn more about the game universe. Like, you know, we have mythology for a reason. And most of the time it's used to, you know, convey a truth without being perceived as, you know, history. And there's elements to it 
that can influence a specific group of people into doing all sorts of things. And I think having that pre-man civilization, you know, it kind of gave us a glimpse into what those myths could actually mean, like what the essential truth is behind a lot of human history. And, you know, games like that are really fascinating. That's what drew me into Assassin's Creed, really. Yeah. And I'm actually kind of, you know, disheartened that they moved away from that. And they focus more so on history now and then just use the mythology element as a DLC to play out your fantasy of slaying a god. <laughs> I think that had to do more with the amount of people that like they've, they're focusing less on the modern day stuff as well, because most people that, that buy the game play to be in the animus, to be the character that is on the cover, not to be Desmond, not to be. I think Layla was the, the name of the, yeah. the modern okay. day character going after or after that um yeah i if i had all the time in the world i would go to every like major country uh, major country that's kind of a but to, to every like country that's had a religion or had a a, a a like a almost a national belief i would go and study and like live that life for as long as i could study their cultures study their religion as much as I could, because that that shit has always interested me. I love knowing that kind of stuff because my belief system is always up in the air. I don't know what's out there. And I, I like to be able to take bits and pieces of cultures from all over the world, all over the world and kind of incorporate their beliefs into mine to some extent. Yeah. The closest I got to that is playing these fucking Assassin's Creed games because I, I who has the time to, you know, study right. everything themselves. It's. It's TV and video games are the only way that I have to kind of look into this kind of stuff. And it's always through the lens of somebody else telling somebody else's story. I think that's the main benefit of mythology in general is it leads to a lifelong endeavor of understanding other points of view in the world, you know, leading to self-enlightenment. And I think that's really key as to the appeal of mythology and gaming, because it does reach out to us. You know, I'm just going to come out and say it. I'm an agnostic. I'm not religious, but I do believe there's a higher power that we don't understand. And, you know, all these different aspects of world civilization and their belief systems, you know, there's inherently truth in each of them. But how they're used, you know, that's up for debate, whether it's good or evil. And it's up to us to determine what we believe ourselves. That's our quest in life. Yeah. All right, let's all reveal our religions now. No, I'm just kidding. Just a joke. <laughs> I have to say it. I, I, I get it. Um, yeah. I, I, what? So I think that that's a good way to kind of explore culture and history is using mythology. That's kind of the hook, I guess, right? When trying to build games around. So now let's talk about why are these game companies wanting to go with that instead of just making a brand new one? Is there something they're seeing like, oh, maybe people want to explore something they already are familiar with a little bit? More so than just creating a completely new mythology. Like even... I think it... Go ahead. I, I mean, I think it's obvious because it's well-established. Mm -hmm. Everyone learns about it at some point, whether it's through education or through family or, you know, just going out into the world and discovering it for yourself. Like, mythology is evident in all facets of life. And I think video games incorporate that very well. Because it puts you, the player, into the role of the character, the protagonist, and you actually uncover these things yourself. And, you know, you ask questions of yourself, like, is this what I want to learn more about? Is this what I believe? Is there more out there for me to discover? Like, for I, example, there's lots of games that are still coming out. Like, I don't know anything about Chinese mythology, but I can't wait to play Black Myth uh, Wukong. Same, man, same. And, and you're right. I want to learn more about Chinese mythology. Yeah. I think that's fascinating. That's just my point of view. Great call. Yeah, I, I I agree with that completely. I I it's not that I get bored with the same settings over and over again when it comes to mythology in video games. It's more I want different. Like I want to know more. Mm -hmm. Like I, I different settings means more information, more knowledge. You know that kind of stuff. I always appreciate games that take mythology, but twist it to their own, and to that extent, both. Uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising and Hades did an incredible oh, yeah. job incorporating yeah. 
mythology into the gameplay and into the story that they're trying to tell specifically with Hades. I don't know if Zagreus was actually a character in Greek mythology. I'm not a hundred percent on that. I doubt it. Maybe I could be wrong, so. but I believe he's made up. He's fictional. That's what he's I, that, that's what I thought too. Yeah. Yes. That's exactly it yes. is that the way that they wrote each of the other characters makes you feel like that could have actually been what the mythology was. Like they, they, made it their own for the sake of that game. I love that so much because I don't think it's disparaging um, the actual basis of the mythology. It's not like they're, they're not bastardizing it, in my opinion, because it's mythology. It's at this point, it's considered fiction to the for the most part. Mythology is so I, I love it when you can kind of just make it your own, add your own stuff to it. And Hades was the, the perfect game for that. I cared so much about the conversations. And that game is exactly. about so much action. I was like, oh, a new story, a new you know, dialogue piece I can grab. Oh, it's, it was so good. I, the second they announced the sequel, we're talking about it. <laughs> oh, man. I feel like that was easily the most compelling part about the game entirely. It's what kept yeah. me playing. Uh, I think the game itself was kind of bland mm, over time. It really got one, really but... repetitive. <laughs> oh, no way. Well, I mean, just the roguelike system. I feel like the rooms and the enemies and I felt like there could have been more variety there and easily the best part was learning more about each of these Greek gods in their element, you know, ruling Hades and over time, you know, even the powers you get was easily the most exciting part about playing the game was uncovering like Zeus's new ability and how that combines with Athena's ability yeah. and so on and so forth. Like the, the like the infighting between them as you're choosing their powers. Yeah. Right. Yes. That part was so cool when you have uh, some Athena powers and some Zeus powers, then you have to choose between them and stuff like that. I love that. That was so cool. That blew my mind. Got it. That's easily its biggest strength is the variety in gameplay in regards to the powers you pick along the way. And then I want to make sure to mention uh, Smite, one of the biggest games we haven't mentioned yet that, that involves mythology. That's essentially just a, a Halo's throw them all in the same arena, see what happens. It's a, a 3D MOBA where you're behind a character. And not only does it bring in, hey, what does it happen if you have an Egyptian god versus Zeus? And that's just kind of fun, like almost like fanfic, you know? Uh, every geek has ever always done those verses with each other while they're bullshitting. Um, and then with the DLCs, which is very interesting to me, is they bring in non-mythological characters like Aang from Avatar. And suddenly you're like, okay, so that's odd first. But second, you're like, oh, I could see how Aang would be considered, like, not just considered mythology within his own world, but also, like, yeah, he's kind of also inspired by a lot of mythology, too. So there's something there that, that he almost kind of fits in a way. Um, but, yeah, him and, and some of the other characters from, from Avatar in that, there's other characters as well from other DLCs, um, some anime characters, which are like, yeah, okay, I can see how, I don't know if Inuyasha's in them, but Inuyasha is definitely a mythological-like character. So that kind of makes sense that he would be going toe-to-toe -to -toe with Athena, you know, or whatever. But um, Smite's a, a, an interesting game because it's like no holds bar on what we could do with the mythology in that one. Yeah, I, I feel like there's a lot of ways you can go with this. Like, you can go into any sort of, you know, origin with in regards to mythology. And you can really incorporate that to a lot of variety of gameplay styles i feel like like uh one of my favorite examples of this is okami you know that's more so like an action adventure game mm -hmm. you know similar to god of war and other games like it but i think what okami did really well was it blended the actual art style of how those yokai were depicted in japanese mythology and folklore and it translated over very well to the video game medium because the art style was just breathtaking at the time I mean, it still is a breathtaking game to play. And, you know, there's so many elements of Japanese folklore incorporated in Okami. And I don't really see another game like it, like with that art style. You know, like with Greek mythology, you know how that art style is. You don't see that like a game played in that style, so to speak. Yeah, yeah uh, Kid Icarus and um, Phoenix Rising, Immortal Phoenix Rising, I think are probably the two closest ones I could think of that are actually played in that, that actually look like they're a part of that world more so, you know? You know, one of the coolest ideas I had was making a game that looked like stained glass, like in the churches of England. Yeah. 
and just having a game play out in like a stained glass art style. I thought that'd be really cool. Yeah, yeah for sure. Really cool light with that too. That'd be a really cool lighting game. Plus that RTX exactly, out. Yeah. Um, last one <laughs> I had on my list is <laughs> Prince of Persia, which used a uh, much more like religion, like the mythology is past, but it's still alive, just dormant kind of idea. And uh, was was fun to work with in Prince of Persia. Uh, which, of course, I mean, it's almost cheating because Prince of Persia is basically Assassin's Creed. Just they had a different idea. Um, but that was that's the next one on my list. That's the last one on my list, really, of games I want to make sure we shout out. But some really great so, games. So uh, is there, like, a specific mythology you wish was more represented in gaming? Like, can you think of any that you would like to see actually play out? Hinduism, probably. Yeah, I don't think we've yeah. seen a game featured uh, all the gods of Hinduism because there's so many. Yeah, and they're very unique and, and they have very, they're unique amongst themselves, you know what I'm saying? Like distinctive, that's what I mean. And I think like much like the, the, the Egyptian ones, and I think that would be, let's explore that. I want to learn more. Well, for me, it's Native American mythology. Oh, I think there's a lot yes. of interesting oh, things yes. you could do Absolutely. with Native American. Yeah. One of my uh, favorite elements that mythology uses is horror and you see a lot of that in native american mythology mostly you see a lot of threatening characters that were used as warnings to you know essentially dissuade people from venturing out mm -hmm. into the wild uh, a horror game i really enjoyed that made use of this is until dawn the main threat in that game spoilers is a wendigo and you actually encounter that in the game and you know, the characters you play as can turn into Wendigos later on, depending on your choices. So if a character dies, it later becomes a Wendigo. It's really, really fun game. I'm thinking Winnebago, and like a RV. <laughs> <laughs> a little different, a little, a little different. different. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, like, there's a lot of cool things about Native American mythology that aren't even tapped into. Yeah. In, I would say, a lot of media, like even in television or movies, filmmaking. We don't see a lot of that represented, and it's a real shame. Absolutely watch Reservation Dogs, uh, done by Taika Waititi, mm. and it, it's uh, about four kids living on a reservation. Uh, fascinating, and the fact that it, it talks about, a lot of it is how they incorporate some of the old beliefs with modern day, you know, the warrior stuff, and it's just really neat to see how that's still kind of alive in their culture, just modified a little bit, which is really cool. Um, as for the Native American game, though, Red Dead Redemption 3, let's do it. Like how cool would it be to actually like be oh, out there living dude. in that world and trying to incorporate the modern world becoming more modern, but also like you return to your tribe instead of the camp you made with your friends, you return to your tribe and try to uh, balance the two. Boy, that would be a fun story. A lot of that was kind of done to some extent in Assassin's Creed three, but That's not true. with it wasn't so much with the. I don't. I, I don't really know what it, I think Connor's it was belief system was. Connor was like a westernized version. Yeah, I think, well, yeah, because he was living bo in both worlds. Yeah. But he would go right. from living in the colony to going back to his village with, uh, with his tribe, and but the kind of the the modernizing, like Frank was saying, kind of trying to deal with the modernization of the world while still being true to who he is at his core. That'd be yeah. It wasn't done to the same extent in Assassin's Creed. I'd love to see a full. Like a Red Dead style game or Red Dead 3 do that that'd be very cool I just feel like there's a lot of interesting things you can do with uh, Native American or even Central American yeah. like Mayan or Aztec yes. mythology in gaming and I can't recall any specific examples of those I just don't see them I don't know if you guys I mean of course Assassin's Creed kind of references mm -hmm. all three of those throughout the series but individual games dedicated to representing those three mythologies, like that collection of stories, I think would be really fascinating to learn more about over time. And Aztec, Incan, Mayan, Assassin's Creed is like begging to be made. It's just it's such <laughs> like a remember, Like remember Apocalypto? That movie was incredible. Well, we got Black Panther who took Namor, who was just not anything to do with, uh, I think it's called Mesoamerica. Please forgive me if I get that wrong. Um, has nothing to do with that, but then they made him about that, and now I'm so much more about this character because it's it, it. He looks way cooler. Let's be honest, guys. He looks way cooler with the full headdress, 
and stuff like that. And so I'm like, yeah, explain that. That'll be cool. Um, and I think it just makes the character so much more interesting, which is funny when I was talking about earlier, why are they using real mythology versus making up their own mythology? Marvel did that with Namor. They made up their own mythology. And now that they've actually added some real mythology to it, I'm like, oh, what's going on now? So something there. Okay. Therapist, tell me what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I feel like we are kind of a little blown out or blown over with Greek and Norse. Like we, t- yeah. we take it for granted almost. Fair. And there's so many aspects of entertainment that pretty much uh, abuse that for their benefit, for their monetary gain. And, you know, I, I feel like a reason why some of these other cultures are overlooked is because it doesn't appeal to as many people. And that's a real shame. You know, like you mentioned, Frank, with Namor, like Pacific Islander. Like, I would love to learn more about that culture and their beliefs with, like, the ocean. I'm not sure if that's all they focus on, but, you know, just like what we saw with Moana. Yeah. Sadly, I love that that's movie. what was that coming was to my mind, too. I mean, it's a fortune, but that's our, yeah. my reference as I well. I hate that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just that's like exactly your thanks, point Disney. is that there aren't you know? many examples of it. <laughs> yeah. Basically, uh, the only examples we do have are thanks to Disney, I would say. And that's, you know, that's just me being mainstream. Yeah. I'm sure if I looked hard enough, I could find stuff. I do like that, that pertains specifically to those different cultures. We're walking away saying, thank God for Disney and Ubisoft for, for showing us other <sighs> cultures. <laughs> no, that's not what I do. We nailed it, guys. I'll give them all the credit. Also, we're so tired of Norse mythology, but God of War Ragnarok's out, baby. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> exactly. Why is uh, that? Why? Yeah. Like, is it because that's what we relate to the most? Yeah, it just got overused. I think it's because they... they specifically with with uh greek and norse mythology there's so much war in those mythologies that it makes for an easy way to do a piece of entertainment like a a movie or a a video game it's easy to base a story on war just because that's what every movie and video game is always based on is war well let's look at the most popular franchises like elder scrolls i think skyrim is based off of norse mythology i'm really played it but that's one of the most successful very games loosely. of all time. Yeah, very loosely. It's like very loosely. Yeah. They they create their own mythology in the Elder Scrolls, but base each like realm essentially off of a different piece of our mythology, like a, a real mythology. So to speak. So let's let's circle back to what Frank was mentioning. So self-made mythologies in gaming. Like we've seen it in Elder Scrolls and it works really well. You know, for me, I Enjoyed the World of Warcraft universe. Um, did I knew that's where this I, I was didn't going. Want to bring it up, but yeah, you it, did. You absolutely did. <laughs> I didn't want to, but it it's a good analogy for what I'm trying to God. express. It's it's because it's really perfect. Those individual elements work so well when put together in like a whole spectrum. And you know, there's so many different uh backgrounds for lots of different people. We have a lot of diversity in the world. And it's a shame that, you know, the message seems to be, you know, diversity is bad, but it's actually good because we can each pull pieces from each other and make ourselves better for it. I, you got to say it. World of Warcraft, I mean, every mythology we've mentioned, World of Warcraft has taken inspirations from and brought them into the one world so that you can go from, right. you know, Battle for Azeroth, go to the Zandalari Trolls and you're like, there's your Mesoamerica. If you, oh, you want to go go to Northern if you want Viking, you know, mythology. And it's like. You nailed it. You freaking nailed it. You know, and I'm I'm bringing my Viking mythology pet to that Mesoamerica world, and it's like here's yeah. I we hate to mention it, but it really kind of nails all of this, and it actually renames it all, so it's not offensive because it's like, look, this character's name is Thorum, and he does have a hammer and a lot of lightning around him, but he's not Thor. <laughs> you know, so they can toy <laughs> with him a little bit, and he could be evil for this one dungeon and stuff like that. Odin, which I think his name is, what is his name in in World of Warcraft? It's like. I forget it. It might actually be Odin. <laughs> I think they might have actually just used Odin for that. But by all accounts, we find out in the next expansion that he's actually been lying to us this whole time and that they actually do know the truth, truth that they didn't trust uh, mortals with it. So this whole thing about like, do we trust the gods anymore? Do we trust the Titans, which is uh, basically their version of a Greek and, and a Viking hybrid uh, god class? Um, do we trust them anymore? So then you're questioning how much do you trust gods? And that's 
All right, well, that's enough for the Warcraft out of me. But yeah. <laughs> the way you talk about it makes me think I would like the story of the game. Oh, yeah. I just can't handle the game itself. They have a pile of books. Matter of fact, they've been releasing, there's three of them so far, but like actual history books on just the mythology of World of Warcraft and the history and stuff like that. And there are like three of them out right now that are fascinating. That's well, shit. If I don't have the time to read books on like mythology from our world, I don't think I'm going to take the time about the Warcraft. That says world. a lot about us, though. It's like we'd rather learn more about these video game universes. We have investment in these video games, sure. like <laughs> spent hundreds, if not thousands of dollars and hours. And oh, hours we, 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 we went over games. that stream and Discord, guys. That was real uh, embarrassing numbers thrown out there. That was rough for me, especially. <laughs> that was a real. Oh, boy, that was tough. Uh, I want to throw out Kenshi. Um, Kenchi. No, not Kenchi. Sorry, never that. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I want to throw that out to the Bridge garbage Spirit, can. Yeah. Yeah, Bridge of Spirits. I can't remember the first name for some reason. But that created its own mythology, but it was based on um, Eastern Asia mythologies. And though there was based off of like love is actually the thing that, that progresses people. And so you had three stories that you had to basically solve. Um, yeah, there was combat in it and stuff like that, but that was like fighting back the darkness. It's a video game. But the idea was like reuniting these two kids with their older brother who died, went looking for them in the forest. And then you reunite their spirits and they could now that they found each other, love and unity. They move on to the next life. And it was such a good way of bringing in like a peaceful love based religion or, or mythology into this world. And they all had the masks, which obviously represented totems in the world. Uh, it was a, a beautifully well done game that put love first, combat second. I streamed it. Check it out, guys. It's <laughs> Speaking of combat, uh, what would you say is your favorite element? Say like a boss battle or an enemy design or maybe even like a gameplay or a weapon oh, you I use. Like what's your favorite implementation of mythology in a game? What do you got, Kevin? I got nothing. Okay, this is a religion, not a mythology. Going to throw that out there so that I don't have to hear about it. When you play as Ned Flanders and you're playing the wrestling Simpsons game, um, he could pray for a lightning strike and just own the shit out of whoever he's playing against. And so I, of course, cheated. I was the oldest brother. So I get to play him whenever I wanted to. And you just like run around the edges of the arena, just praying for lightning strikes and just annihilating, you know, whoever you're playing against, poor Homer or whatever. Uh, that was that was pretty OP. <laughs> but yeah. I talked about this recently, but from the 2018 God of War, I loved the Valkyrie fights that they were incredible to behold and overcome as a challenge to myself. and. I loved everything about the 2018 game, so I can't wait to see what's coming up in Ragnarok. Yeah, I'm excited for Ragnarok. Um, I, I don't have an example of what you just, I don't have an answer for what you just asked the question, but I, I am very excited for Ragnarok and wish I had a freaking PlayStation 5. I you really, could get one. You could do it. I believe I've in tried, you. I've tried, dude. I'm trying. It's, it's hard. It sucks. What have you done so far? <laughs> Gone to stores gone to websites can't you can't even sign up on on sony's website anymore it's ridiculous have you tried using uh so for me what worked for me was using walmart's app mm -hmm. that's how i got mine because uh you can sign up for uh notice and oh, okay once okay, a sale happens you. if you you know it, you have to become a walmart plus member which you know you have to pay a monthly fee for but then you oh, just cancel it once you get your I'm ps5 good. Nah, I'm but good. no, 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 it works. It actually works because it gives you priority when you're trying to order the PS5. Yeah, and I, I guess in that sense, I can wait. I guess I, I guess when it, if it's if that's what it comes to, I can wait. I think it was <laughs> worth it because right now finding a PS5 is like trying to capture a rare Pokemon. It's just it, it happens in the wild at random. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Check out our Twitter's new <laughs> checkmark, guys. It only costs us eight bucks a month. <laughs> I hate that shady stuff. Um uh yeah, I you know what I really like too. This is my this is part mythology. Uh that part in God of War, the 2018 one, where you're like, oh, we need something that could really fight gods, you know. So then you go back to the cabin, you're like, guys, hold on to something. I know what's happening here. And he digs up his old blades, and you're like, Yeah, Greek Fury's back, baby. <laughs> and that felt good. It was like bringing back some of that old Greek god of war-ness into the the new mythology, and that was just so freaking even the music, you know, kicked in. And you're like, okay, here we go. Rock and roll, baby. Turn up the music. Yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> so cool. Uh, Favorite part of uh, God of War? Go. That. <laughs> I I enjoyed the entire thing. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't, yeah. I don't rem memorize like favorite parts of things. Typically, I just kind of enjoy things as they come. Um, I was, I remember being blown away at how, honestly, the thing I was uh, 
happiest about with God of War 2018 was how good the combat felt. That was the thing that blew me away about the game because I knew it was so good at being visually fun to look at and the story seemed very engaging. I thought the combat was going to be a little underwhelming because of how slow paced it was compared to the original God of War games. But no, it sucked me in because of that. So the combat for sure. Yeah, the combat, I would say, is a big highlight Um, for me. Just using the bridge to transport to the different realms. It was such a freaking cool, like visceral, like satisfying sequence that was full of light and color and, you know, just the sounds of the different realms being switched to like it was just really really cool it, I negated, hope it comes back in this game it negated Ragnarok. having to be it, like it didn't need to be an open world game because it had that so it was like a, a a good way to make it seem like it's an open world without it technically being an open world game i appreciated it for that for sure Frank has other opinions. It was a fancy loading screen, and they actually did bring him back for this game. No, it was. And they even said, like, their only reason we're doing this is because of the damn PS4 people. They even said, like, the fact that we have to do this is because we have to hide it for the PS4 people. Otherwise, PS5 did not need these. And uh, that drove me nuts in Jedi Fallen Order. Every time I, like, squeezed through a rock, I was like, oh, I yeah. get it. My <laughs> God. Just at a certain point, I'm going to be okay with, like, a loading screen and a little, like, you know, somebody running along the bottom or something like that. Like, God. But I'd rather they hide the loading screen I, than, I know. than even if you know what's going on, even if you know it's a loading screen, it's still not a loading screen. I, I it doesn't I feel like one. Yeah, Fallen Order the is player. the best version of it, too, because they were every time they were unique, like he wasn't like he was doing the same exact animation, but it was just like how many tight crevices are in space is just a bit much. <laughs> <laughs> no, in space, no one can hear you squeeze through Ooh, rocks a hundred thousand times. Dad joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. I'm pretty good at those. Oh, God. I'm looking forward to hearing more of the Mir's Tales as well. Yeah. In Ragnarok. I can't wait for Heck that. Yeah. That was a good way of actually pulling the player into the world more. Mm-hmm. Love those. And we're getting both the dogs. Yeah, that was a good too. way. Thor's of, dogs in this, and they're pretty, pretty dope. But, Mimir's tales was also a good way of hiding loading screens. I think because you were usually on a boat paddling slowly to some area, and I think that it was probably loading other stuff while you were doing that. I'd imagine it was. That's how I'd uh, be one way that I'd hide loading was behind that. So, I mean, it gets to a point where you can skip it, but yeah, I. Which is a good so point good. because actually, then in that way of thinking of it, I actually stayed on the loading screen for longer to hear the story. So that's a if that's great true, loading yeah, screen. Then yeah. if that's the case, yeah. Interesting. So uh, ended there. I think we're good. Yeah. All right. Let us know what you guys think about God of War if you're playing it right now. Check us out on stream. We're playing it today because we're releasing this in the morning that God of War comes out. So as soon as I'm going to be at GameStop, this is an old reference, but I'm like open, open, open on the thing. And uh, wait for it to open up and grab my game and get out there and download it ASAP. Cannot wait. I'm stoked. Oh. It's going to be a great game. I don't know if it'll be game of the year because I'm I'm like Elden Ring or uh, we God can't. Of War. I know we'll I didn't want to bring it up, but that's the conversation we're going to be having. But we can't bring it up yet. We haven't even touched <laughs> the game yet. Another topic for another time. Oh, there it and is. with that being said, we'll catch y'all next time. Love you.